you said that your word shall not return to you uh, uh, void, but it should accomplish the purpose for which it sent it. And so, Lord, we ask that your word would accomplish that purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> well, a little pre-sermon announcement <clears throat> that I'd like to share. Um, some of you may have seen this on our website or the Facebook, I don't know. But um, I wanted to mention this just briefly um, on the... Uh, by the connection counter, we have some of these handouts. It's a Bible reading plan. <clears throat> How many know that uh, 2010 is about the end? <laughs> the end is coming. <laughs> but it's okay, we have a new year. And uh, 2011, which comes right before 2012, and people have been talking about that for a while. So it's your last chance to read through the Bible. No. <laughs> now I came across this. Um, <clears throat> I'm always uh, trying to find ways to uh, encourage and equip people to read through their Bible. And this this is a good um, uh, reading program. I like it because it's, uh, it it promotes itself as the Bible reading plan people love to complete. Because <laughs> so often people start a Bible reading plan, they they fizzle out. And what they've done is they've narrowed the scripture down to the essential 100. So 100, 100 passages that if you read through these 100 passages, you'll have, you know, the gist of the Bible and, and you'll, you'll get most Bible references from sermons. And, um, it's like all, all the good parts with all, without having to wade through all the rest. No. <laughs> so, uh, and, and what's really cool, is that not only is it in a printed form in the back of the foyer, but it's also available on this thing called the Internet. <clears throat> and if you have a smartphone, regardless of whether it's an Android or an iPhone or a BlackBerry, you can read your Bible right from your phone, <clears throat> which is what I do many mornings, or on your computer and make notes. So you can access it from any number of ways, <clears throat> and it's an easy reading plan. I just Is that good? <laughs> and so as you're re- getting ready to make a New Year's resolution, if one of your resolutions is to increase the amount of time you read in God's Word, and I recommend that it should be, then this is a great way, and I'm going to do it just to um, read along in, in 100 days. We'll read through 100 passages. All right, there you go. <clears throat> you can find out more about it from in the back. All right, well, last week we started talking about Jesus, our Redeemer, and this idea <clears throat> that Christ came um, to redeem us, and what does redemption Mean and this morning as I was driving, so I wanted to talk more about it. I don't feel like I've I've quite uh, bless you <clears throat> finished the uh, message or, or communicated the gist of it. So last week is the introduction. I want to talk a little more about it today. And uh, as I was driving in, I was reminded, <clears throat> uh, I felt impressed by the Lord that you know sin <clears throat> came into the world. And the fall of mankind and, and the, the source of all of our problems is the humanities, as the whole of humanity and each individual, you know, came into the world. Of course, we know the story with Adam and Eve, but think of it this way. It was a husband and his wife in, 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 a, in, in the context of picking out what they were going to have for dinner. <laughs> that was a joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? They were, she was looking at this food and, and, you know, it was in the context of family. 
Well, that sin entered in. It was, you know, it wasn't just Eve. It was Eve and then Adam. Eve was deceived. Adam sinned. Uh, and, and so in that context, uh, um, the, the fall came and led to all of, of what's bad in our, our uh, world. <clears throat> and then redemption. <clears throat> when Jesus came, you know, He didn't just show up. He didn't come on a chariot out of heaven. Right? He came as an infant into a family, a husband and his new wife, as they had the birth of their first child. And so the fall came in the context of a family unit. Redemption, salvation came also in the context of the family unit. And of course, we celebrate Christmas and so much of Christmas is about reconnecting with family. And, and I understand in our day, lots of us maybe don't have much family or the family we have, the relationships are strained. And even in a good family, sometimes the stress uh, associated with holidays can, can bring tension within the family. But there's something essential about, you know, family. That it is part of the redemptive process. There is, it, it goes to the core, the essence of what God is all about. And that's why, you know, Jesus came, that's part of the reason why Jesus came as an infant to grow up in, in a family where there was a mom and a dad and, uh, later on brothers and sisters we find out. And, and so it was in a regular home. <clears throat> and I just want to encourage you that, um, Regardless of the difficulties you may experience or people you love are experience in their marriage or in their family, that's where redemption comes. God is very interested in this thing called marriage and family. Okay? The story of the Bible begins and ends in the context of marriage and family. The story of John the Baptist also a story of a family, a, a woman who longed to have a child for many years and, and finally uh, has one. And we're going to read uh, Luke chapter uh, 1, verse 68. Luke 1, 68. Matthew, Mark, Luke. my phone back now. I usually have it printed out, but I didn't want to print all the notes. And I'm not going to read the whole story. It's a great. I was going to read the whole story. I don't want to take the time. But uh, verse 59 uh, through 80 is the story of um, Zacharias and Elizabeth and and uh, the birth of John and and some of the things related to John being presented in the temple and the Simeon and Anna coming. <coughs> oh, that was Jesus. John being presented in the temple, um, and in Zacharias's prophecy, when 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 uh, he's named, when John is named John, uh, uh, and and Zacharias then is able to speak after not being able to speak since the angel appeared to him, and and so he has a prophecy, and that's in verse sixty-eight, Luke chapter one, verse sixty-eight. It says, "Blessed, this is <clears throat> now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied." So Zacharias goes into Holy Spirit mode and starts prophesying over his son, John, that was born and, and dedicated at, uh, in the temple. It says, blessed, be, blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for He has visited and redeemed His people and raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David. <clears throat> in the message, this, this verse is translated this way. 
Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He came and He set His people free. He set the power of salvation in the center of our lives. I like that, how it emphasizes that the power of salvation God set right into the center of our lives and in the very house of David, His servant. The commentator Clark brings out that there are two essential aspects that um, uh, Zacharias praises God for in this in this beginning in these two little verses here. It says that the two things that God is praised for is that God has chosen to visit His people and that He has ransomed them. Okay, so the fact that Zacharias is praising God for visiting his people and for ransoming uh, them. And I'm going to read from the commentary. It says that God visits his people in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. All right. Therefore, this Christ is called by him, called by Zacharias, Jehovah, the God of Israel. When he says there, blessed is the Lord God of Israel. Alright, for he has visited, and he's talking about the Christ who John came to prepare the way for. And so, in Christ, Jehovah, Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has, the God of Israel, has visited, has come. Alright, so in the incarnation of Jesus Christ, therefore this Christ is called by him, Jehovah, the God of Israel, here the highest and most glorious character of the supreme being being is given to Christ. So this is a very clear prophetic declaration that in Christ, God, the God of the Old Testament, has come. Alright? In the person of Christ. Jesus is God in the flesh. That's the point. The second is that God just has, didn't just come in Christ, but He came to redeem. Alright? This God redeems His people for it is, uh, it is for this end that He visits them. Why did Jesus come? He came to bring redemption. Alright? His soul is about to be made a sacrifice for sin. He becomes flesh that He may suffer and die for the sin of the world. <clears throat> God, by taking upon Him the nature of man, has redeemed that nature from eternal ruin. Alright? God came in the form of Jesus Christ, right? And God, by taking upon Himself the nature of man, has redeemed that nature from eternal ruin. This is... This is so important. Listen, apart from Christ, human nature in general, humanity, okay, and in specific, you and I, are still in bondage, all right? corrupt, defiled. There's certainly evidence of that throughout the world, that the world system, the whole of humanity is broken down. The fact that we can continue to live in any form of order is, is amazing. All right? and, and in certain places, it works really well. But if you look in other places like Haiti or, or different places in the world, there's just a total collapse. And it's all, um, it's almost always, if not always, due to corruption, due to sin. Okay? It's not just lack of resources. It's, it's because we have more than enough food to feed everybody on the planet. Alright? It's lack of, <clears throat> of, of character. 
to get what is needed to the people that need it and to end the fighting and, and disputes. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. <clears throat> All right, And so, if humanity apart from Christ is still under condemnation or in corruption, humanity, when joined with Christ is free from that corruption. Okay? We are set free. And Romans talks about this. I'm going to read Romans 8, 1 through 11. It says, those who are, uh, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There's freedom from the law of sin and death when we're in Christ. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did, God accomplished it, by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. That's Christmas. That's what we celebrated yesterday. God coming in the flesh, born as a baby. On account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled by us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enemy against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, listen up, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Okay? If you're in the flesh, or whatever part of you is under the influences of, in the flesh that is in that carnal nature that's in the enmity with God, it cannot please God. But, it goes on, those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh. Huh! Alright? Right? Okay? Now, he's not talking about a physical body, is he? Because everybody he was writing to, and everyone in this room, I hope, has a physical body. <laughs> it means you're not carnal. You're not under the world system. There's a different, you know, you're not sitting in the throne of your life. Jesus Christ is. It says, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Ha! Through His Spirit who dwells in you. And so the idea here, and there's a lot, I mean, books have been and will continue to be, whole sermons. I could spend a year preaching just on that text. The idea here is that through in Christ and by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, both our body as well as our spirit and our soul are redeemed. Okay, We're given new life, Christ life. All right, Humanity is redeemed. All of human, all the redemption, when Jesus came by taking on human nature, He redeemed human nature. Alright? By the very act. Okay? By God Himself, when God touches something, it becomes redeemed. It becomes clean. 
Jesus uh, displayed this when in the law, if someone touched a leper, the clean person became unclean. If they uh, touched an unclean person, unclean for any reason, unclean made the clean unclean. All right? Well, Jesus walked around touching unclean people. And what happened? They became clean. Boom! (laughs) And we didn't have the power to do that because we didn't have Christ in us. We didn't have the Holy Spirit in us. Christ had not yet come in the Old Covenant. But now we have that. Alright? If Christ is in you, both the body and the Spirit are renewed to life. So, humanity is redeemed. Every part of humanity is redeemed. Every aspect of humanity through Christ will be redeemed. And as individuals, we are redeemed. And every part of us is intended by God. In fact, you are destined to be redeemed. Every aspect of your life. It's God's intention is to bring all of it into redemption. All right. <clears throat> talk a little more about this. And I'll try to bring it to a conclusion. Let's, hear, let's read the story of Jesus being presented. That was a story of, of, of John being presented in the, in the temple <clears throat> with uh, his mother Elizabeth and his father uh, Zacharias. <laughs> in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. <clears throat> I can't see up here. Are the lights dimmer than normal? Is it my eyes? There we go, that's better. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Simeon, how do you say that? Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. I wonder what that was like. God told this guy he was not he would not die until he saw the Christ. And so he came by the Spirit. I wonder what that looked like. Did he hover? Was he in his room and just instantly appeared? Or did he wake up and go, Man, I just feel compelled to go to the church today? That's what I think it was. He came, he was led by the Holy Spirit into the temple. Just happened to go to the temple. And when the parents brought the child, Jesus, when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and and said, this is the words of Simeon, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Ah, which you have prepared before the face of all people. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. That the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And this other person, Anna, says, And there was one Anna, a prophetess, a daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age. 
and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years. It had been 84 years since her husband passed away. And she did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers day and night. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. All right. And so here we see Jesus being presented in the temple. And, and Simeon, as soon as he saw this child, and, and you know, Joseph and Mary were astounded because everybody who had a baby brought the baby, especially the firstborn son, to the temple to be blessed. And the priest would say a blessing over the baby, you know, you know, whatever, just a normal blessing. And that's what they were expecting. They were going through this religious routine. But Everything stopped. And Simeon, this old man, said, this is what I've been my whole life waiting for. This is the salvation. And so there's a very incredible, powerful, prophetic word speaking directly. And and Joseph and Mary didn't know what to make of it. But Simeon saw, he knew that this was the salvation. This was the Christ. It's interesting, this is a fulfillment of a of an Old Testament prophecy found in Isaiah 52. It says, Your watchmen shall lift up their voices. Simeon being the watchman. With their voices they shall sing together. For they shall see eye to eye when the Lord brings back Zion. Break forth into joy. Sing together, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted His people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has made bare His holy arm in the eyes of all the nations. And the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Now it's interesting here that the word the salvation of our God is not merely the act of salvation. Okay, the act that Jesus Christ died on the cross and made a way for you to be saved. All right, the word salvation there is a is a is a variation of the word that we translate Jesus. All right, and so the salvation was actually a person. It wasn't just something God did. It was Jesus Himself. It was God coming to be the salvation of the world. <clears throat> In Luke uh, 2.38, in Anna's words, says, And coming in this instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And I like what, again, Clark says about what uh, Anna did. We don't know much about her. This is the only time I think she's mentioned in all of Scripture, this woman who spent all those years waiting in prayer. He says, It's probable that she went from house to house testifying the grace of God. The commentator Clark says, in the margin of our common version, the Bible in his day, Israel is put instead of Jerusalem. Uh, And it would intimate that this excellent woman traveled over the land of Israel, proclaiming the advent of Christ. At all events, it appears that this widow was one of the first publishers of the gospel of Christ. She was one of the first evangelists was a woman, an old woman, a very old woman. Can you imagine? Guess what? Salvation has come! And it is likely she traveled with it from house to house through at least the city of Jerusalem where she knew they who dwelt, uh, uh, 
where she knew they dwelt who were expecting the salvation of God, or at least those who were looking for it, who were ready, who were, who were primed. You see, the nation was not ready, and the scholars and the scribes weren't ready to receive Christ. They rejected Him, but there were many people that were ready, that were waiting. They knew that the, it, was, it was time for Christ to come, and they were anxiously waiting, like Simeon and Anna and others. <clears throat> Another commentator says, what she says there, it says, to them in Jerusalem that were looking for redemption. Uh, and, and so what she said in effect was, in that babe are wrapped up all your expectations. In that babe are wrapped up all your expectations. She went around telling everyone that was looking for the coming Christ, looking for salvation. All of your expectations are wrapped up. And that babe in Jesus Christ. And I want to declare it to you. Every expectation that you have, you know, every desire that's good is wrapped up in that babe, Jesus Christ. In both the story of John's dedication in the temple and Jesus' dedication in the temple, redemption, okay, this idea of redemption, and Jesus coming as the Redeemer is the emphasis. It's the, it's the, the focus. <clears throat> Christ's role as the Redeemer, the Rescuer, the Deliverer, the Kinsman Redeemer that I talked about last week is the main point. Okay? It's the climatic element of the story that Jesus came to save, to buy back. What does redemption mean? It means to buy back. Okay, to return to its proper place, to release on receipt of ransom. Think about it. If you're being held ransom, you know, and lots of people in our world right now in third world countries are being held ransom because of, uh, you know, political things and <clears throat> they capture people, especially Westerners. If you travel in certain countries, they'll, they'll kidnap you because you're an American. And all Americans are rich, they think. <clears throat> and they'll hold you for ransom. Some people are held for years. And here, you know, think of what it must be. You can read stories of what it is like to live in a, in a, in a, you know, as a captive uh, by some gorillas. You know? And that's where we are in reality, in a spiritual reality, is that the rebellion led by Satan, is holding humanity captive. Alright? <clears throat> and when the ransom of someone comes that, is, that cannot be held captive because of his innate power and ability, walks into the guerrilla camp, lays down the ransom, and takes you out of there, can you imagine how you would feel that now, after years of being held in bondage, you're being returned to your family because this person came and paid the price. That's what redemption is about. To liberate by paying uh, of ransom. To liberate, to cause to be released to oneself by payment of a ransom. To deliver, listen to this, from evils of every kind, internal and external. Ha! To be delivered from evils of every kind, internal and external. So all of the evil, all of the stuff you have inside that's holding you captive, you know what? The majority of the problems in your life are not caused by other people. 
You're the other people. <laughs> really, really, listen, folks. Deal with this. This is truth. But Jesus came to redeem you from that. He paid the price to set you free from you and from your own brokenness and your own corruption, as well as from those against you. Every aspect of life held captive, He comes to redeem. Every aspect held captive by the enemy. Every aspect of life stained by sin. Every aspect that's corrupted, abused, neglected, or forsaken. Every aspect that's damaged or destroyed, stolen or broken. Listen, every part of humanity and every part of each individual's lives, including yours and not mine, that God intends for good and has not yet attained that good that God intended in Christ, His ransom pays the price for that to be redeemed. Okay? And you have to embrace that. You must embrace this. Alright, that that's His intention. Now we haven't seen it. Okay, I'm not talking about universalism where everybody ends up in heaven. I'm talking about Christ's work comes and has the power to redeem, to buy back, to bring back into its proper place whatever is not in its proper place. Whatever is held bondage or corrupted. If anyone is in Christ, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, you must be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God. And He who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling Himself, reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, speaking of Jesus, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. That's what Christmas is all about. That Jesus came. Think of it this way. And this is actually what I wanted to get to. But usually the conclusion is what you want to get to. <laughs> you know, but this is, this is where I actually wrote this first and I went back and filled in all the rest. <clears throat> think, of, think of a person who's, um, who's energetic. Okay? And, and, whenever, <clears throat> and, and you know this person, whenever this person walks in the room, it just, every, their energy energizes other people. All right? And it's like the life of the party. That's the easiest one. It's like, man, when you're around this person, you actually start feeling more energetic because they're so bubbly, you know, or over the top and you get excited about it. And, you know, or, or, or someone who's really socially like that lives the talk and, and, and if they're in the room, boy, there's the conversation is flowing and, and people are talking and they walk out of the room pretty soon everybody's just kind of staring at the feet. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? A personality trait that just, just does that. <clears throat> Uh, and, and we can see that in people that if you have a per- particular personality trait, it can it can be transferred or influence other people. Does that make sense? Anybody with me here? Okay. God has a personality trait. It's called Redeemer. All right. <clears throat> Think of it this way: that because God, by His very nature, redeems. Being in His presence works redemption. 
All right. In other words, if you're close to God, the redemption process is in, in, you will be influenced by it because by his very nature, everything God touches, God redeems. I love this. I've been thinking about this for a long time. He redeems everything. Everything God comes into contact. Now, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus comes to heal the broken, right? To restore, not to steal, but to restore and to set free, not to bring into bondage. It's just how, it's just what he does. It just, that's what happens when you're around him. All right? And those who refuse that redemptive process, now there is a process of redemption. It's called confession and repentance and good works, changing your behavior, agreeing with God. If you refuse that, you're, that, you're forced to retreat or, or resist, okay? And ultimately are repulsed. For example, if you don't like being around that energetic person because they make you uncomfortable for some reason, because you have an attitude problem, okay? Or you just are in a bad mood and you don't want to be around a happy person right now? I know you all can relate. <clears throat> you walk out of the room. Or you sit there and go, it's always it's happy. Who do they think? Who do they think they are anyway? Everything's going right for them. You know, I wish right? You you get more unhappy just because they're happy. That's what happens with God. His righteousness comes in. And you can either become righteous because you agree. Oh, I'm staying. I'm, I need redemption. Redeem me. Or you can go, who does he think he is? And resist. And I'm not, I'm not going to come in here thinks he's God. <laughs> it's not that God repulses anyone. Individuals repulse God. Think of it as a magnet. Okay? <laughs> you know you know how a magnet works? <laughs> no, well, actually, what you do is you take a ma- you you rub a, uh, a metal object with a magnet <clears throat> and it causes the polarity of all of the uh, atoms within that piece of steel or iron <clears throat> to align. You know, the positive and negative charges all line up. All right, together, and then it reproduces that magnetic influence. <clears throat> it's very easy to make something magnetic if it's if it's made out of the right element, and so just by another magnet. And so <clears throat> uh, the idea here is that if uh, a magnet had a will and said, "I don't want to become like that other," I, if, if this piece of iron just had a will and said, "I'm not going to become aligned," and chose to resist, it would it would be repulsed. Two magnets, opposite polarity, repulse each other. Why? Because they're not in alignment with one another. Does that make sense? And so God comes like a magnet. The closer we get to Him, and the longer we stay near Him, the more we are made like Him. We come into alignment. The more we come into alignment with God, the more we're attracted to Him. Okay? Even our invisible parts are aligned to be like Him. Our nature is reconfigured to be in alignment with Him. Like a magnetic. It says, when we, when then, likewise, <clears throat> let me get this. When then, 
Likewise, we then likewise express the same influence that he does. We attract what God attracts when we yield to him and are attracted to him. The more we become like him, the more like him we become. All right. And the more power we'll have to express that same attractive power, drawing others to his presence. All right. And displaying his nature. Unless we resist and refuse. Everything God touches, He redeems. How much of your life do you think God wants to redeem? Every molecule. Every word that proceeds out of your mouth, God wants to redeem. He wants to take it from being misused and abused to make it used To its proper purpose. Every thought in your mind, every desire of your appetite, every longing of your heart, God purposes to redeem. Everything Jesus touched, He redeemed. You know, Jesus even redeemed death. I've never said this publicly. How are we saved? How did salvation come to the earth? By Christ's death. Death itself, the curse, when Jesus took hold of it, turned it it into the blessing through which the whole world is set free from that curse. Why? Because everything he touches, he turns new. And so my exhortation to you is, whatever you're hiding from him, whatever he has yet to redeem, yield it to him. Come under that influence so you can be like him. And be redeemed. All right. God bless.